0: We meet today in Philippians chapter 2, looking at verse 12 to verse 18. In this section, we are looking at the mind of Paul. We have been looking at the mind of Christ, the mind of God, which is to exalt Christ Jesus, his son. Now here we have the mind of Paul. And by the way, Paul is simply captured by the things of Christ. Believers ought to follow Christ's example, not only to bring unity and peace to the church, but also that no one in the outside world could be able to find any fault with them. Philippi was a pagan city, and Paul wanted these believers who were at Philippi to be united, to be morally pure. And be filled with good works so that they could bring the light of Christ into their dark pagan world. Is your light shining for Christ? As we have been learning from this passage, we have seen the mind of Christ. We have seen it is not something which can be imitated. The Bible said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, that can only happen by impartation. It is the work of the Spirit of God within us, which will produce the fruit of meekness or humility in our lives. Meekness, gentleness, all these characteristics would come because the Spirit of God imparts them. We have seen the mind of God to exalt His Son, Jesus Christ. Now we are going to see the mind of Christ, actually, as it walked down the Roman roads, the Roman streets. How did it walk down the Roman streets? It walked down the Roman streets through a person. We will see it lived in Roman homes and in a Roman jail. We will see three examples here given to us the mind of Paul, the mind of Timothy, and the mind of Epaphroditus, who was probably the pastor of the church at Philippi. In our study today, we are looking at the mind of Paul. In this heathen empire, the Roman empire, there were these three men who exhibited the mind of Christ, and there may have been three million more, but these are the ones who are presented to us in this epistle. First, the mind of Paul. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, For his good pleasure Philippians 2 Verse 12 to verse 13 Now this verse that talks of Working out your salvation With fear and trembling Has been abused and sometimes Misinterpreted uh, To imply that we Work our salvation To bring in the aspect of Works is Paul contradicting Himself I don't think so This is the reason why I have read verse 12 and verse 13 These verses must be read together For a proper understanding Work out your own salvation Here means to work out, not to work for Please take note To work out, not to work for A work salvation is not being taught in this passage, my friend The idea is to progress to the finish or completion in spiritual growth and maturity. Don't start and not get to the end. This process is what the Bible actually calls sanctification. There is positional sanctification, there is present ongoing sanctification, and future sanctification. It should be noted that verse 12 makes it clear that we are to be active, not passive, in the process of our walk with God. The process of sanctification. That is the implication of work out your salvation with fear and trembling. However, though we are active, we are not alone, you see. This is the good news. Verse thirteen reminds us again that the entire salvation process is the work of the sovereign God and the result of his grace. So we hear, for it is God who works in you. That is talking of the ultimate ground and basis for our salvation. Paul is also talking here about working out the problems which the Philippians as a church were going through, they were working out the problems in their own Christian lives, even in their own church. He is not here to help them, and he is not sure that he will ever be there again, because at the moment he is in prison, so he tells them to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, a preacher was reading this verse of scripture in the morning service, and a little girl whispered to her mother, Mother, you can't work out salvation unless it has first been worked in you, can you? Now, that is a very good question, and this little girl, though small, got it right. Verse 13 answers it, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. So God works out that which He had worked in. If God has served you, He has saved you by faith plus nothing. God is not accepting any kind of good works of salvation. But after you are saved, God talks to you about your works. The salvation that He worked in by faith is salvation. He will work out also. Actually, John Calvin expressed it this way, Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. James states it like this, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith with my works. James 2. Verse 17 and 18. Only God can see the heart. He knows your true condition. He knows if you have a serving faith. He knows if you have serving faith. And he knows if I have serving faith. But your neighbor can't see your faith, you see. Now, the only thing that your neighbor can see is the works of your faith. So true faith will work itself out so that the people around us will be able to tell that we are different, that we are Christians, we are children of God. We don't need to to wear a placard or some sort of a symbol to identify ourselves as Christians. What you do must show your neighbors that you are a child of God. Paul will talk about that faith which will work itself out in the lives of the Philippian believers. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Philippians 2 verse 14. You see, these are the things that even show the outside world that when you begin to do things without complaining and disputing, that is evidence of being a child of God. Complaining here means to matter, to murmur, which is an expression of secret and solemn discontent. Disputing refers to the thinking of a man deliberately with himself. Rationalizing and calculating. The word is translated imagination in Romans chapter 1 verse 21, in their imagination, vain thinking. Now, it has two distinct meanings. The first one is inward questionings. And the second one is outward disputings or discussions. Used here in the first sense, it implies a doubtful spirit. You see, we get our word dialogue from this word the christian is called to unquestioned submission to god's will there are people who will rationalize instead of simply submit to the will of god you will try to compartmentalize the truths of god and say this only was applicable for so and so maybe this applies to this person and not to me unquestioned submission to the will of god is the evidence of a child of God, How do you work out your salvation with fear and trembling? Because it is easy for people to question God's will. It is so easy for people to not willingly submit to his explicit will. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I would like to speak to people who take offices in church. My friend, don't accept even an office in the church or in the Sunday school if you have to grumble about it. That absolutely wrecks the Christian work more than anything else. Do all things without grumbling and disputing. Do all things without complaining and disputing. What else is involved in working out salvation with fear and trembling? that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Philippians 2 verse 15 Now, this verse is now talking about the outward conduct and it presents the idea of a person in whom No grace is defective. I made reference to the fact that you are to be seen by your neighbor. Your neighbor will not see your faith inside. Your neighbor will see how you walk. Now, this is a perverse generation. You must present yourself as someone who has grace that is not defective it's sin the idea here is that of moral integrity as expressing itself outwardly the word harmless here means sincere, unmixed pure, unadulterated it refers to the inward, intrinsic character this word is used of an alloyed metal It describes the saint with not one thing in his heart or motives which ought to be rooted out. What a description. And then we are also told children of God as children of God. You are children of God without fault. And children of God, he stresses the dignity and the character of the relationship, my friend. You are a child of God. I often speak in our church and say the important thing for a child of God is this thing called identity. You must always remember who you are and whose you are. It is important to know whose you are. Here the character and the dignity of the relationship is that they are children of God. Thus they must be found without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Children of God are expected to resemble their father. Christ is the light of the world, John 8 verse 12 tells us, and his followers are luminaries, so to say. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men. We read of that in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 to 16 in the Beatitudes. So as uh, his followers are luminaries, they are to be light bearers reflecting the light of Christ. So this is the picture that we see. It is a picture of a procession at night in a crooked and distorted age in which torch bearers are going and holding high the blazing torches so that those following can see how to walk in this sin darkened world what a picture we have the admonition here is clear be like a light when we go out at night we see the stars up there in the sky when god looks down on this dark world he sees those who are his own as little lights down here now the little children sing this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine well my friend that's exactly what it is paul says among whom you shine as lights in the world. As the stars are up there, we are down here. Are you a shining light, my friend? Holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Philippians 2, verse 16 You see here, light and life are related. The world does not have this word of life. Apart from the word of God, all are spiritually dead. Christ is both the light and the life. Christians are to continually be holding the light of the word of God, the word of life. They are to offer God's salvation to a lost and dying world. So this explains how the saints at Philippi are luminaries. They continue holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain. The word run here means to progress freely and advance rapidly. The idea is to spend one's strength in performing or attaining something. So the word labored means toil with wearisome effort. It refers to laboring to the point of exhaustion. Paul did not want his life to be without fruit or an empty failure. When we hold forth the word of life, we are lights in the world. Paul rejoices when he hears that the Philippian believers are manifesting their faith in good works. These believers were very close to his heart, and because they were even his converts, so when he hears they are doing good, they are shining lights in a dark world. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Philippians 2 verse 17 Here is one of the most wonderful verses in the entire word of God. It pictures what the Christian life really should be. He is referring to one of the earliest offerings in the Old Testament. When we go back to Genesis 35 verse 14, we find that Jacob set up a pillar at Bethel and he poured a drink offering on it, and poured oil on it. Then in the books of Leviticus and Numbers, the sacrifices are described. We learned that there was a drink offering, which was to be added to the bent offering and the meal offering. It was never added to the sin offering or the trespass offering. It was a most unusual offering in that It had nothing to do with redemption. It had nothing to do with the person of Christ. They would bring in a skin of wine and just pour it on the sacrifice which was being consumed by fire. What happened to it? It would go up in a stream and disappear. Now, what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I want my life to be poured out like a drink offering on the offering of Christ. Paul knows that the Lord Jesus Christ made the supreme sacrifice. He wanted his life to be a drink offering, just poured out to go up in steam, just to go up in steam. He wanted his life to be a drink offering, just poured out. He wanted to be consumed and obscured, that all that is seen is not himself, but Christ He wanted Christ to receive all the honor and the glory. That was the mind of Paul. And I can think of no higher wish for the Christian life than this. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Philippians 2 verse 18. In other words here, if your life commands the gospel, My life is just poured out as a drink offering. Together we will rejoice over this. He speaks to them, he says, keep on rejoicing together with me. It is a walk in humility. Only a person with the mind of Christ could be so poured out as a drink offering. How glorious, how wonderful that is. Paul ends on a note of joy and rejoicing. Now today we often rejoice over the wrong things. We need to rejoice over the fact that Jesus Christ died for us and that we can serve him. When we hear of someone whom God is using or when we hear of a wonderful church where people are being served and built up in their faith, we ought to rejoice if we are walking in humility. We will rejoice At the success of other people, we have too much strife and vain glory. That was hurting the cause of Christ in post-day, and it still hurts the cause of Christ today. The mind of Christ in the believer will bring joy and will bring glory to God. Do you have the mind of Christ, my friend? You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. info at twrafrica.org.